Thank you, worship team. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of this worship gathering today. We want to thank those who are listening by way of Mars Hill Radio, watching on Facebook Live, who are participating by the internet. We're just so grateful that you're here and that we are entering a new decade, a whole new year, 2020. Welcome to 2020. Turn to your neighbor, say, welcome to 2020, neighbor. It's not just a new year. It's a brand new decade. So we can look back at the last 365 days. We can look back at the last 3,650 days. I heard the following reflections about the previous decade when I was in Cincinnati last week. And you're going to hear a little bit more about Cincinnati in a few minutes. But while I was there, I heard this on the radio. So if you had told me at the beginning of the decade, back in 2010, if you had told me that Donald Trump would be the president and that one of the most famous criminals in North America would be Aunt Becky from Full House, and that Billy Graham crusades would be replaced by Kanye West, I would have looked you straight in the eyeballs, and I would have said, that's why they will never legalize marijuana. If you told me at the beginning of the decade that our dog food companies would be advertising that their products only contain meat and our fast food joints were selling us meat made out of vegetables, I would have said that you're out to lunch with a fake burger. (laughs) Think think about this for a second. Uh, Actually, let me ask a question. How do we have anyone, since we're entering the 2020s, Do we have anyone that's present today? Because I know we have people in our church. Do we have anybody present today? Just raise up a hand if you were born in the 1920s. Are there any 1920s today? Some of you are looking like that person next to you should be raising their hand, but no hands. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But think about it. We have people in our church that were literally born in the 1920s. That decade was called the Roaring Twenties. This decade is just five days old. We have no idea what we'll be looking back on in 10 years, let alone the next year. But let me tell you this, and we know this. We are here to be shaped by God. And we are in the first of 52 Sunday gatherings. Most of us think church happens 52 times during the course of the year. And it's easy to see how we come to that conclusion. Uh, This is when we hold our biggest gatherings. They happen on Sundays. And we use the word church as a noun. I'm going to the church. Or I'm going to church. I'm going to attend the church. And this is understandable but unfortunate because it limits church to 52 events per year. And with the busyness of all of our lives, the busyness of your life and of my life, if you're going to get anywhere north of 35 to 40 Sundays a year, basically as the pastor, I'm just going to give you a big hug, right? Because it's so busy in our lives. So you think about how even our Sundays now in Canada, how they get compressed. Do the Sunday gatherings matter? They sure do. It matters that we gather as the people of God in large groups. It still matters. But we're here to think even bigger today. And in the series over the next few weeks, we're here to think beyond the 52. We're thinking about what really matters every day. 
If all I have is Sunday, I'm never going to make it as a follower of Jesus. You just will not make it on 52 Sundays or 35 Sundays or whatever number of Sundays. You won't make it. Jesus didn't come to the disciples and say, follow me on Sundays and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't come and say, uh, come to me on Sundays, all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Jesus didn't say, take up your cross on Sundays and follow me. He didn't qualify following him to a day of the week. Sundays matter. Because on Sunday, we recognize the day Jesus was resurrected. But he was resurrected on Sunday so that we could follow him on Wednesdays and Mondays and Thursdays and Tuesdays and Fridays and Saturdays. This year, we have 366 days. We have a leap year, right? Only 361 days left to follow him. And if you're serious about it, you have to solidify three things that matter. Because we're going to talk about what matters beyond the 52 today. My youth pastor taught me these three things when I was a teen, and that was in the 1980s, okay? That's a long time ago, right? In the 1980s, he taught me these things, and I want to give them to you so that you can live a life that matters every day in 2020. Three things. Repeat after me. My master, my teammates, my mission. Three very simple things Every person can have a successful 2020 by understanding and following three things that really matter. If you have your outlines, I just invite you to pull them out, follow these along with me. Number one, what really matters this year beyond the 52, my master matters. One of the amazing things about being a human is that we have the opportunity to change our minds and choose our masters. There are, in our church, a few master electricians. If you want to be an electrician, I think I'm understanding this. I haven't gone in depth on this. But if you want to be an electrician, you have to do an apprenticeship under a master electrician. Why is that a good idea? Well, I think it's a good idea because if you're handling a power that can kill you and kill a whole lot of other people, it's probably good to learn under somebody who's a master of that craft. Um, we want to learn from someone who has the understanding of that power and that potential. We have a church full of talented young people. A bunch of them came home for Christmas over the holidays, and it was just a delight to talk to so many of them and to have so many of them in our congregation. Just a church full of talented people and talented young people. We have carpenters and mechanics and entrepreneurs and truckers and musicians and engineers and physicians and pharmacists and pastors and teachers. And every one of those professions has an element of apprenticeship under a master. Human beings learn best when they're in a modeling relationship. You can choose, you can choose the masters in your life. The coach of my daughter's soccer club in Ottawa, he just tells the players over and over again, watch soccer games and watch the best players. Watch what they do. Watch how they move. Watch how they move with the ball. Watch how they move away from the ball. Watch the other players when they're waiting for the ball. Just watch what they do. If you want to be the best, you've got to learn from the best. So for your life, you have a choice. Jesus was born in a manger at Christmas time. But he grew up. And when he grew up, he made some amazing claims about himself. Uh, he said things like this I and the Father are one. 
he said this. This is just one of the most controversial statements. Uh, I read this uh, the other day, one of the preachers at the Passion Conference. He said it, he, he repeated this one. This is what Jesus said. This is so controversial. But he said, before Abraham was, I am. Man, if you know your Old Testament, that's big, big stuff. Jesus said, I am the way and the, and the, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus invited his disciples to follow him, not just as a teacher, but as their master. And it's the same for all of us who choose to be disciples of Jesus. Listen to how a lawyer named Paul, listen to how he wrote it to a group of people who formed a church family in a city in western Turkey called Colossae. Hear the word of the Lord this morning from Colossians chapter 1, 15. He said it this way. He said, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the word of God for the people of God. Jesus matters every single second of every single moment of every single day. You were created because you were his idea. That's why you're here. Everything that exists, exists because of Jesus. And if Jesus only matters on Sunday... He doesn't really matter. Think of any problem. Jesus not only provides an answer, Jesus is the answer. When people were hungry, Jesus fed them. When people were sick, Jesus healed them. When people were ignored, Jesus spoke to them. When people were separated from God, Jesus died for them. Paul, who wrote the Bible passage, that man Paul was this scholar and lawyer and religious leader, and he approved of the murder for followers of Jesus. He was a uh, Jewish follower of God, and he disapproved of the people following Jesus. He thought that those things were incompatible, so he was approving of the murder of, fo of followers of Jesus until one day Jesus met him knocked him off his horse or knocked him on the ground on the road to Damascus, blinded his eyes, but it was Jesus. Jesus met him and he got his attention and he talked to him. And then Paul, after this amazing experience of meeting Jesus, he went and met the disciples and he learned that it was the same Jesus who confronted him on the road to Damascus who called a group of fishermen to follow him and announce his kingdom to the world. When you read the Old Testament, it's the story of God getting the world ready for Jesus to come. And when you read the New Testament, it's the story of Jesus coming and paying the price for every one of us and how we're called 
Now, as his followers, you know what we're called to do? We're called to get the world ready for him to come back. That's your calling. Beyond Sundays. Beyond the 52. And folks, if you're lonely today, Jesus is your friend. If you're addicted, Jesus is your way out. If you're angry, Jesus is your path to peace. Jesus matters Sunday. He matters today, but he matters just as much tomorrow and Tuesday through Saturday. Jesus wants you to recognize he's your master at school, at work, in the car, at the gym. Jesus is your master, and he's given each of us who choose him as as master, he's given us his Holy Spirit to guide us every day. So I want to challenge you this week. Will you take a moment when you enter your school or your office or your vehicle, and will you just thank Jesus for already being there? Will you just thank him? I know Jesus goes with me. He goes with me to churches that I get to visit. He goes with me to Tim Hortons. He goes with me to Starbucks. Jesus shows up when I talk to business people about their businesses, when I talk to grandparents or parents about their new babies, when I talk to a person who's in tears because a loved one is dying and they hurt for them so much, Jesus is with us and he matters every single day. Will you let Jesus be your master beyond the 52 Sundays? Secondly, on your outline, my teammates matter. When my youth pastor taught me these concept, this concept back in the 1980s, he said it's your master that matters, your mate. So he meant like the spouse that you choose because he was te- teaching us as teenagers. And folks, your mate matters. Don't, believe, don't, don't even think they don't. But listen, there's a, there's a higher matter than even the mate you choose. It's the teammates that you choose and the teammates that you hang out with. It's those people that you, that you are doing life with and spending time with. Beyond even your biological families, do you have a church family? And are you family, are you teammates with the people in your life? Let me ask you a serious Toronto Maple Leaf Montreal Canadiens question, okay? Well, before that, I think Pastor Roger must have put these up so we can just look at these for a second. That one's pretty good, right? Maple Leafs playoff beard? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, okay. Was there one more? Yeah, no wonder they're blue. They've been choking since 67. All right, okay, okay. Yeah. And my patriots are out. It's terrible. It's a terrible day. We all know that, right? Uh, Listen, let me be serious about those two hockey teams, okay? Because I love the Habs, as you guys know. It's just wonderful, right? And uh, and then the Leafs. But listen, let me ask you a question. Uh, Why is it harder for the teams in Montreal and Toronto to win the cup than the teams in St. Louis or Pittsburgh or Chicago? Why is it harder? Why does it seem harder? At least it seems harder. Let me tell you why I think that is. It's because there are so many distractions in those cities to forming a team, to bringing people together as a team. When you play in Toronto or Montreal, you are treated as a special individual. You cannot walk down the street without somebody stopping you and getting your autograph or asking you about the team. I mean, you are treated like this just incredible person just because you can lace on skates and, and shoot a puck. 
and they have a difficult time. In those other cities, the players can walk down the street and hardly anybody recognizes them. I mean, can you imagine playing in Miami? You know, all the Miami skaters down there, right? That are going to, you know, it's easier to win when you're in one of those cities because you're not treated like you're just some special individual. And the coaches have, they don't have all the distractions of bringing a team together. It's so hard to be a team in Montreal or Toronto. Listen, if you want your life to matter in 2020, you'll adopt this phrase for how you relate to your teammates in the church. You'll adopt this phrase, we over me. Turn to your neighbor, just say, we over me. If you want to be successful in 2020, if you want to understand what God wants to do in you and through you, make Jesus your master, and then love your teammates, we over me. Here's the truth. You are the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. It's a fact. If you want your life to really matter, you will adopt a we over me attitude here at Sea Road, and you will make sure you're spending time with people who will influence your life for Jesus. Are they committed to the master? Or are they people in your life who think you're going to have people in your life and you need to hang out with people who think that they're their own master? You need to do that. That's part of what we're going to talk about thirdly. But you have to have a group of teammates. You have to have a group of people who are pouring into you and who you are pouring into and unified uh, together. If you really want your life to matter, are they committed to the master or are they people who think they're, they're their own masters? Colossians 3, once again, Paul instructs us. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, wow, we're chosen, folks, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. Whoo forgive each other. And if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Sea Road is a group of teammates formed in the name of Jesus. That's what we are. The city of Brockville and the surrounding region, they watch us. They watch us. And it's a good thing. They know us as the church that cares about children and families. When a group of people wanted to gather community leaders to talk about kids in trouble uh, in our city, they called us. Why? Why were we included in that group? We were included because they know that you as a church family, you care about kids. You care about the next generation. You invest in them. They know that you as a team are willing to do whatever it takes to reach children and families from dedicating countless hours to serving uh, in the best one-day-a-week or one-week one day camp in the region, to building an indoor playland, to donating thousands of pieces of candy at Trunk or Treat Time, to having a helicopter drop Easter eggs on our heads at Easter time, to delight the parents and the children. My friend Liz, who's in the hospital right now, she gets dozens of you to drive and deliver flowers to people who have lost a loved one or who are no longer able to come out to church because of age or health. We're a team, and we support each other. Not just Sunday. Every day of the year matters. I mentioned I went to Cincinnati last week, and it was just a privilege. I want to ask my teammates to come on up here, okay? Guys, come on up. 
And uh, where's the teammates leaders? They can come on up as well. And I think we use this microphone. Is that good? We're going to use this one. All right. Thank you very much. And so these guys are coming on up. Uh, oh, good. There's Kyle. All right. Kyle and Colleen the, and uh, Emily are fearless leaders here. These guys went to Cincinnati last week, had a life-changing uh, we, we shared this life-changing event together of the youth convention called Follow. Four or 5,000 kids from across North America. And we, uh, uh, what I love about our youth group, and it's not just these ones on the stage, it's our whole youth group. This youth group, folks, is so, they're so united and they're so for each other. And they had an experience last week, so I've just asked a couple of them to share, or a few of them to share, and Emily's going to lead us off. So Emily, just kind of talk about what God did in your life and how you experienced your teammates. 